Recovery Sort Of is a podcast where we discuss recovery and addiction topics from the perspective of people living in long-term recovery. This podcast does not intend to represent the views of any particular group, organization, or fellowship. The views expressed here are solely the opinion of its contributors. Be advised there may be strong language or topics of an adult nature. Welcome back. It's Recovery Sort Of. I'm Jason. I'm a guy in long-term recovery. And I'm Billy. I'm also a person in long-term recovery. And uh, so we're here today, obviously, first episode of October. It's time to talk about step 10, 10th step, however you'd like to say it. I always wonder when I'm writing out the titles, I'm like, should I write it in numerals? Should I write step one zero? Should I write one zero TH step? Should I write... T-E-N-T-H step. I'm like, oh my God, I overthink everything. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And I wouldn't care how I wrote it. It would just have to be the same throughout every episode. Well, and that's what I end up doing. I go back and I look and I'm like, well, what did I do last time? Because I, I don't remember. But I, I guess I'm always trying to figure out like, what is going to, what are people going to search for more? Like uh, which version is said most often? And I really don't know. Step I would 10. I think step space 10, like S-T-E-P step space 10. 10. And then there's there's step space T E N. So then there's that. Like do people like I don't yeah. I don't no, know. nobody does that. <laughs> non Americans probably spell it out. Ah, oh, those bastards. American people just use the number keypad. I'm gonna ask our, our British friends. I'm gonna say, yeah. What do you guys spell it out or how do you do that over there? Yeah. Uh so we got recognized, uh and I did not pass this on to you yet, so I will now. We got recognized on Twitter. They were doing for recovery month, uh like a recovery hero every day. Um, and, and shouting somebody out for that, you know, does good in the recovery community. And we got recognized for putting the effort we put into the podcast and, uh, oh, nice. you know, it's crazy. It is nice, but it's like every day when they did that, I was like, oh, that's so cool for that guy. Right. Like he, I've seen him around. He does always respond to newcomers on Twitter or he is really friendly or I've talked to him or they wrote a book and they're awesome. Right. And then as soon as the word hero gets thrown around in my direction, I'm like, I don't know about all that. Right? <laughs> right. Like, that less than feeling every time. It was just, it crept in instantly. I thought it was super sweet for everybody else. And then for me, it was like, I don't know about hero. That's a little much. <laughs> yeah. Well, is that for your, I mean, so Jason does most of the Twitter stuff. I occasionally get on there and read or look at stuff. But is that for your replies and comments to people? No, that was for the podcast itself. And and, oh, okay. and when I commented, thank you, uh, they, they definitely made acknowledgement of Billy. And oh, said, thank you. that definitely includes Billy, too. And I, you know, gladly will share that with you. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate your efforts in the social media stuff. It helps. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Sometimes. Sometimes it's a little busy and hectic, but that's all right. Um, so just to, to get into the 10th step, you might say, especially if you have not worked one yet or mm -hmm. if you are not in a program at all, what the hell is the 10th step, right? Yeah. And so continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong promptly admitted it 
And so, you know, we, we did one through three. We talked about our powerlessness. We talked about hopefully something bigger than us can help us be restored to sanity one day. We turn our will and our life over to the care of this bigger power. We get into four and five and we talk about, uh, you know, a good look at ourselves and what's really going on and where our actions don't line up with the things we think we're supposed to be doing. And five, well, why is that? Why don't they line up? Well, because we're terrified of life and of people and, you know, we might look bad. And then six and seven, we, we look at, oh man, all these different ways that that comes out sideways, right? These pieces of our character that, that are defected, that act in abundance, you know, too much at, at the wrong time. And then seven, the realization that like, we're not going to remove those defects of character and, and hopefully something else can help us. And then eight and nine, we're talking about the, all the harms we've done and, and cleaning up that. And so we kind of finish up with our, our history assessment at that point and move into the present where we want to keep these things we have, which I, I got to say, I've always found it weird. And I don't know how you feel about this. Like we do a 10, 11 and 12, which are like the maintenance steps, right? They're the steps that keep us so that we don't have to work as thorough, I guess, of a four through nine the next time through. But they always, like we're working the next time through anyway. Like you're supposed to keep going with the steps and work them again. So why do we have these three at the end to keep? Um. So I can say, I think that's, I don't know, unique to all of NA, the reworking of the steps, but I know not every program does that, or yeah. I know not everyone believes that you keep going back and working the steps over and over again. Really? I know in other 12-step practices, you go through the steps, and then you go into the, the maintenance, and 10, 11, and 12, like, so the idea is you've now, by working the previous steps, gained all the tools to build a better life now through 10 11 12 you put all those tools into action and live that better life you're taking all those tools of you know acknowledging your defects taking ownership of your faults you know making amends when necessary you're taking all those things and now applying them into everyday life what we talk about in 12 so do you think that works like without working the rest of the other nine over and over again you think you can just stay in 10 11 and 12 and and stay okay for me or for i, I don't know sure. i mean okay so i'm gonna give myself an easy <laughs> out and say there's never a one size fits all to anything uh, um the easy out just because someone worked through the all 12 steps five times doesn't mean their understanding or application of the principles is better than somebody that worked them once formally right you know so it's not the quantity of work that we do it's the quality of the work um, if you're actively addressing, I mean, when you read through the 10th step, cause I just did before we came <laughs> on to, in the basic text, you know, it really talks about, you know, addressing your defects and making amends when necessary and, and doing all those things that we took in my case years to do, you know, up to the point of a 10th step. Now it's like, all right, now take all that shit. And instead of trying to take years to do it, start living that way every day. Every day, you know. You don't read the 10th step every day? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm, so I'm just sitting here thinking. I've always been a fan of, like, you know, continuously working them. I, I think for me, 10, 11, and 12 are great, but 
I almost need like a, a, a whole wipe the board clean. You've dealt with that layer and aspect of your life. Now let's look at how this is manifesting in other ways in your life, right? Like you, so the first time through, maybe I just worked it almost all about drugs, right? And so after 12, it's kind of like, okay, let's wipe that off. Now, how's the disease look in your life, right? Let's really go back to square one and look at this all over again, fresh. Well, well, now you use it with women, right? Now you're using it with food or the gym or gambling. And so I almost feel like I need to go through over and over again. I always have up until now, but now I'm sitting here wondering, maybe if I didn't put so much effort into reworking them, maybe I could do a better 10, 11, and 12 and be <laughs> Focus okay. Focus more on, yeah, your daily application of principles right. rather than a formal working of each step. Maybe. I don't know. It's possible. Yeah. And, and I've heard, not that you shouldn't work them more than once, obviously. I don't know that once is enough. I don't know how many times is enough, but, you know, I know... You know, my wife is now 30 years clean and her sponsor has a few more years and she will, she doesn't just keep working through the steps and then go back and work them again and go back and work them again. I think if, I think if I have this right, she's been through them four times and she is going to get ready to start. She said she's ready to start and go back and go over them again, but probably for the last six or seven years she's just been her sponsors had her on a maintenance of 10 11 12 that's what we do and she could explain more of what that means and looks like in her life but she hasn't like f actively been you know quote unquote on a step in a number of years and she had the nerve to call me out about my anniversary yeah <laughs> <laughs> unfairness oh. she has been through them a couple of times so. right and right. she's good and Again, for her, that's important to her. Like she feels like now it's not anything her sponsor told her to do. She's just like, yeah, I think I'm just I'm ready to go back through them again. And so she wants to do it again. Mm. So she falls heavily into your camp, your, you know, course of belief. And when her sponsor actually first told her that she was kind of like, wait, what? You know, she had never done that in 20 plus years of recovery. It was always you're on a step. And then she got this advice from her sponsor and say, well, maybe I'll try it and see what happens. <laughs> so. I, I took a little break in between a set of step work. Uh, first, I was going to work the traditions and, and then I kind of did most of them with a guy and it just sort of fell through. It wasn't all that interesting, honestly. Um, and I and it wasn't with my sponsor because he had never worked the tradition. So I went somewhere else and tried it. And I think I got through eight or nine and it just it wasn't as uh, informative as I was hoping it would be. It was pretty basic information that I felt I already got just from reading the chapters. I was like, this is, I don't know. And then I just kind of set everything down for like two, three years. And yeah, my life got unmanageable. And so. Well, so the trick is 10 doesn't mean we take a break. <laughs> Quite the contrary. <laughs> I was like, taking a break. Right. <laughs> 10 isn't now we get to 10 and take a break or, you know, now we complete all 12 and then take a break. Like the idea of 10 is that's the daily one. Like we're supposed to be, you know, actively engaged in self-reflection and self-discovery and, you know, taking ownership of our wrongs right, on a right. daily basis. <laughs> and, and I think so that's what I think. So if we're talking to earthlings right now, right? And we say, continue to take personal inventory. And when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Um, this isn't like, you know, it sounds kind of funky the way they say it. Continue to take personal inventory. Like, this is like looking at your actions without you in the way. 
This is looking at my actions without me trying to justify all of them, right? Because I feel like that's generally what I do in my life is I live, I do things, and then I'm like, well, I did that because, right? And this is without any of that justification. How do you really feel about that? How would you feel if somebody else did that? How would you feel if your partner did it to you? How would you feel if your kids live like that? Would you have a good view of them? Like, this is something I honestly just don't think many people in the world do. I feel like we just live. And, and I was really thinking about this today. All these people with the politics and the Facebook and, and wherever they're at. And I don't think there is any self-reflection at all. I think we just have this I'm right attitude and we're, you know, blinders on, straightforward. Everything I do is justifiable because I'm right and you're wrong and that's just the way it is. I can treat you like shit. I can talk about you badly. You believe in a different candidate. You must be an idiot. <laughs> it's like I just don't think we have any self-reflection and it and it blows my mind, but I totally understand because like you said, when I'm taking a break, I'm not really I can say right now, I've worked a 10 step a few times. I can't tell you that every day or even half the days I really sit down with the intent of looking at my actions. Yeah. And I think that's what the difference is between actively living in 10, 11, 12 and trying to do that maintenance steps and taking a break. (laughs) Right. Do you, do you regularly like sit with the intent of just looking at what you've done for the last day or two? Um, Somewhat. So I'll say not nearly as thorough as I probably should. There has been times in my life where I – so in the NA Fellowship, there's an IP. It's IP number 10. It's living the program. Um, I think that's what it's called. Yeah. And uh, that has – you know, the 10-step inventory kind of in it. That is lengthy. Um, and there have been times I actually kept it on my phone, and there's been months of time where every night I would just go through that. And I didn't write it down, but I've heard people say you should write it down. I didn't write it down. I pulled it up on my phone, and I just went through and answered the questions in my head. It was more almost like a prayer type thing at the end of the night. Like I wanted to actively go through my day and see, you know, how am I feeling? What am I doing? What am I thinking? You know, where am I at? And that was very beneficial. Mm. Um, I think I had a lot of just growth or, you know, noticing certain things about my behavior or attitude or, or you know, man, I've said that I am in a bad mood for a lot of days in a row now. You know, things like that. Um, now, currently, most nights I lay down when I go to sleep um, or before I go to sleep, I I'm going to use the word prayer really loosely, but I do kind of say like a gratitude prayer. Right. And I will kind of look through my day and think, you know, did I cause any harm today? Is there anybody I hurt? Is there anything I regret? You know, is is usually kind of how that goes. And then I go into, all right, so these are the things I'm grateful for. You know, my wife, my recovery, my kids, you know, my family. Right. So I, I like to think that as I get better my, I don't want to call it the moral compass, but I'm more in tune with what is right for me. And so I just notice throughout the day when I, if I walk away from an interaction with my, you know, kids where I feel like I was just a little harsher than I needed to be, like, it's obvious, right? It sticks right out to me. I don't have to like think too hard about it, but I tend to 
fall into this, uh, I guess, lazy-ish behavior of like, oh, I'll know it when it hits me, so I don't have to really actively look for it, right? And and so my buddy Jack brought this up to me. Um, it doesn't say continue to take personal inventory, and if we were wrong, promptly admitted it. It says when, right? <laughs> like this is going to happen. And so I would say if you walk around and, and you haven't been wrong for a few days, it, maybe you're not looking, right? Like, because chances are you have been in somewhere. And that was part of that living the program IP. And I learned a lot from doing that because, you know, that was part of it. It's like, what did I do right today? What did I do wrong today? You know, and it's yeah, like, I'm, I'm not perfect. So every day I'm done something wrong. I was going to save it for later, but since we're there, I, I have it pulled up. So it says, am I clean today? How have I acted differently? Did my disease run my life and how? What did I do today that I wish I'd, I had not done? What have I left undone that I wish I had done? Was I good to myself and how? Was today a good day? Was I happy? Was I serene? Did I talk to my sponsor? Did I attend a meeting? Did I share my experience, strength, and hope? Who are the people in my life that I trust? Who has trust in me? Did I read from our literature? What steps did I consciously work? Did I admit my powerlessness? Was I able to put my trust in a higher power? What did I learn about myself? God, I'd have been asleep by now. <laughs> um, did I make amends? Did I make any amends today? Do I owe any? Did I admit fault to anyone today? Did I worry about yesterday or tomorrow? Can I accept myself as I am? Did I feel like I was part of humanity today? Did I allow myself to become obsessed by anything today? Holy shnikes, there's more. Uh, what has God given me to be grateful for? Have I done anything to cause harm to myself or another? What was it? Am I willing to change? Did I pray or meditate? How did this affect my life? You literally answered this every night and we're not done. Yeah. What spiritual principles have I been able to practice? Was the most important thing in my life staying clean? Have I given of myself today without expecting anything in return? Was there fear in my life? Did I feel intense joy? We're almost there, people. Did I call or visit someone in the program? Did I pray for the well-being of another? Was I happy? Didn't they already ask that? Uh, definitely asked about peaceful or something. Have I been peaceful today? I swear they asked that already. There's a couple of them that are repeats. Did I consciously remember that I have a choice today? And that's the last one, thank God. Yeah, so if you look at the, they're broken into Ooh. sections. You know, it does it in kind of little sections. Oh, uh, yeah, like the just for today. Right. So each of those sections applies to that part of my mm. life and if i remember it right because i didn't pull it up that quick it was like myself and then others or something like that yeah that's that's a lot to answer every day especially if you're writing it i'm not gonna lie yeah the writing always seemed like a lot but like three quarters of that are kind of yes or no answers you know what i mean did i go to a meeting today yes or no did I call my sponsor today? Yes or no? Like I wasn't looking for a bunch of justifications and rationalizations of my behavior to myself. It wasn't like I needed to go, well, did I go to a meeting? No, but I thought about it and I was going to go. But then the kids and the wife, like I didn't do all that. I just mm. said, did I attend a meeting today? No. Did I call my sponsor <laughs> today? Yes. Yeah. Or no, you know, whichever applied. Right. And I just answered them that way. And then that's like, that's another thing about like meetings and sponsor, like, you start to realize, shit, I've been saying no to, like, talking to my sponsor a lot of days now. Like, that's – and it starts to weigh on you. And it's like, man, maybe I just need to make that phone call. Maybe mm. I need to get to a meeting. I got you. I got you. That's – I just – for me, I guess, I feel like this is one of those things where I'll do it thoroughly – 
for a time, you know, like if it's an assignment or my life's unmanageable, I'll be like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to pick that up and do that. That'll be great for my recovery. And then three weeks in, I just find myself phoning it in. I'm like, nope, nope. Yep. Sure. Cup, yep. All right. Bedtime. <laughs> yeah. like, and there, there was definitely some times that that happened, you know, it's definitely right. times that happened, but it's like prayer or anything else. If I work it in or meditation, you know, I meditate pretty regularly. Some days it's good. Some days I'm phoning it in, you know, but I still do it and I still get the benefits of doing it, even if I'm just phoning it in. It's funny you say meditation because this, that's just what I was thinking of too, is that this kind of reminds me of a meditation in a way, in the sense that like, I, I just can't, I can't say enough how important I think it is. And yet. I don't do it anywhere near as often as I'd like. Right? That's like why this, you got to go back and do the steps again. There, There's still go. some level of self-hate. Right, right. I'm, I just can't work this every day, so uh, I just keep working them all. Yeah. I'll say this. Everybody I know who stops working the steps or who says, oh, I work them every time I go over them with a sponsee, uh, they either use, even after many, many years clean, or they're just miserable old fucks, honestly. Like, that's the two people I know who don't actively write steps today. They're yeah, just not and- happy. There is such an important part in the self-reflection piece. You know what I mean? Like going over steps with sponsees is is great. I've gained a lot of insight and stuff, but that doesn't tell me about myself. That we're not most of the time if I'm doing my job, we're not talking about my defects of character, you know, when we're going over a six step. We're getting into theirs, you right. know, and I'm helping them with theirs. And I might share one or two, but it's not I, like, I, I'm not going to turn that into my time for self-reflection, you know. <laughs> I'm trying to listen and be attentive. And so this step, I think, is important for that. It's it's important for that self-reflection to look at what I'm doing, how I'm acting, what's my attitude, what's my behavior. Well, if you're not actively wor- writing steps and working on yourself, you probably wouldn't have any trouble taking over your sponsee's step work time to talk about you. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably true. No, I don't know. It's uh. It's interesting to me how these things fall by the wayside, even though they seem like such crucial parts of working towards being who I want to be on a daily basis. And yet it's just so easy to fall into that. My wife was the reason I was agitated the last week every day, or my kids are the reason I'm agitated because they do this or that instead of ever looking at my part in these situations. Um, I'll say one thing I'm it's it reminds me a lot of like living unconsciously it's just that not being focused on yourself and your actions right like not seeing reality clearly and it kind of talked about that I have a quote about that I will get into it I'm sure but just one of those like we tend to go back to that default when we're not paying attention right and 10th step is seems to me kind of like a hey I know you spent half your day living in your resentments in your head. And then there was the other, you know, 49% of the day you spent worried about the thing you got planned for next week. Let's just take this 1% of your day and bring you back to right here and now and look at what's going on. Yeah. And doing any maintenance type things, recovery and it or, or recovery oriented or otherwise is really difficult. Mm-hmm. I mean, You know, things like for me, it's been like I suffer from seasonal allergies. And over the years, I couldn't tell you how many times I deal with like I take allergy medication. I do it pretty regularly. 
then I either run out or I stop taking it or we go away for a couple days and I don't take it. And then as soon as I stop, I'm done. I don't do it again for a couple of weeks. And then before I know it, you know, I'm getting sinus infections and my eyes are itchy and I'm sneezing and coughing all the time. And I'm like, what the hell just happened? Like, how <laughs> how did I go from taking this every day because I feel good, you know, to to now I don't take it anymore and I'm suffering? Like, and I don't. I'm getting better at catching that transition, but I don't always see that transition until it's too late. And I think it's very similar with any of the maintenance kind of things, whether it's diet, exercise, you know, prayer, meditation, working steps, you know, which in this case would be this step. This is the one step that you're supposed to do on a daily basis. This is your, you know, continuing to take a personal inventory. At least my understanding is this is what you do daily, you know. Right. So you, you just hit on another one of these quotes that I have. So let's go ahead and take our break and then we'll come back and we'll, we'll get into our quotes. This episode has been brought to you by Voices of Hope, Inc., a nonprofit grassroots recovery community organization located in Maryland. Voices of Hope is made up of people in recovery, family members, and allies. Together, members strive to protect the dignity and respect of those that use drugs and those in recovery by advocating for treatment, support resources, and mentoring. Please visit us at www.voicesofhopececilmd.org and consider donating to our cause. All right, we're back. And so uh, to get into our, you know, basic text, uh, the general reading that we do, which is where we've been pulling from for all these steps so far. So step 10 frees us from the wreckage of our present. If we do not stay aware of our defects, they can drive us into a corner that we can't get out of clean. And I, I pulled that out because if you've ever been to an NA meeting and quite possibly any meeting anywhere ever, uh, I think this is like a, a go-to saying. You talk about getting backed into a corner that you can't get out of clean, and, and here it goes. It comes from the 10th step. And I, I think this is interesting. And so I don't know that maybe the earthling people could relate to that, like... They're not worried about, oh, man, I better stay on top of how I'm living on a daily basis because if not, I might go back to using. Like, no, you'll just go back to being an asshole probably or <laughs> doing something else. But I, I think that's what happens when we live. I, I'm looking at this step really as living consciously, as living here and now, actually being here physically, mentally, spiritually in the moment. And when I stop doing that, I run the risk of those unconscious programmed behaviors whether it's programmed from nature or my upbringing but i go back to that and that's the same stuff that led me to feeling bad to begin with that led me to use to escape it yeah so my understanding of addiction you know is that it's a physical mental and spiritual disease and you know the the spiritual aspect of that is my total self-centeredness you know, and the self-centeredness piece is like I'm always thinking about myself first. Mm. How does this affect me? What is this going to do to me? How am I going to get what I want? Who's going to give me? What about me? You know, and I don't put a lot of consideration into how I'm affecting other people <laughs> around me. Right. You know, so this work that I do in recovery helps me stay in position to not be so self-centered, to not be so caught up. In myself to try to think about other people but left to my own devices I resort back to that nature of self-centeredness 
Right. I mean, it's just like I was telling you outside. So uh, my mother calls me this morning and wants to stop by my house to drop some stuff off because, you know, my I don't know if this is all mothers, but she's always got bags of stuff for me to bring to my house, which is, <laughs> you know, whatever. Uh, and so she's telling me about 430. I'm like, yeah, you know, we're kind of busy during that time. But if you need to, sure, if you're just dropping stuff off, she's like, well, maybe we won't. Maybe we'll just wait till the weekend, but maybe we will. And I'm like, all right, whatever. So whatever. I make dinner. I'm getting the kids ready. I'm, I'm watching the baby. You know, my wife's busy for a few minutes. And then 5.15, I'm like, dinner's coming out of the oven. It's like mixing up some mashed potatoes. And I'm right in the middle of that. And then she's here. And she's in my driveway. And I'm like, what the fuck? Right, here we go. I'm going to be late to record. I'm supposed to meet somebody at 6. It's 5.15. I haven't even eaten yet. And, uh, and she had new puppies. And she got a new car. And she was showing them off to the kids and, and she wanted to show me how cool and the updated technology in the new car, which was pretty fucking cool, by the way. <laughs> but I just didn't have time for that shit, right? It was not the right time in my life. And so it's very easy for me in my life, like you said, to think about how everybody is affecting me. Like, you are fucking up my life, woman. Like, I got shit to do. This is not part of my plan. Uh, and, and there's many times in my life when I will act like a jerk in that situation and, and mad. Why'd you stop by? Blah, blah, blah. And, and thankfully today wasn't right. Today was the day it was like, I let her show me the puppies. I let her show me the cool stuff in her car. And then I, you know, I also didn't let it really negatively impact my life. I said, Hey, look, you guys are welcome to come in for dinner or you can roll out, but I got to go in and eat. Like, this is what I need to do. And I just did what I needed to do. And, but I, I could have very easily like rained all over her parade or, or, or even worse just shit on her parade right like get your right. fucking new car and your puppies out of here i'm busy <laughs> right i got she, shit to do yeah and she's only she's just excited and trying to share with me right and, and, and all i'm worried about is how this is affecting me and it took me thinking every five seconds billy will be all right if i'm a couple minutes late like it ain't yeah. gonna be that big a deal right uh i'll eat this food i'll be close to on time right even driving up here i want to get anxious when i'm driving right and i'm like just fucking relax you'll you'll get there it's okay and then he doesn't tell you i sent him a text i'm gonna be like five minutes late yeah, <laughs> so, yeah I was... <laughs> so, so i just pushed the button a little further <laughs> but uh no but that's the beautiful thing about recovery like to me that's a beautiful story of recovery because we tend to sort of fall into this notion that oh, i'm gonna come in i'm gonna do this work i'm gonna work all these steps and i'm gonna turn into this spiritual person and i'm gonna be great in every aspect of my life and that's just not reality. You know, the reality is I still have this sort of self-centered sickness at my core. And what the steps in this recovery teaches me to do, hopefully, is not to let that get the better of me. Mm. You know, and then like if if I were you and, and that was the case, you know, I had a situation like that. Like I go home at night and think, man, I'm really grateful. You know, like that's a moment to really be grateful for because – not only did you not cause additional harm to your mom, but you let that build some like intimacy and and build into your life and your kids' lives and your family's lives. It probably made her feel good and special. And, you know, all these 
indirect, like we talked about last week, these little indirect benefits come from just not being an asshole. Right. You know, so <laughs> it takes just don't be an asshole and all these nice things happen around you. I forgot to mention that my kids the whole time, can we have a puppy? Can we <laughs> yeah, get a puppy? Right. Like 18 <laughs> times in a row. I'm like, shut the fuck up. No, yeah. obviously no. I, we're <laughs> right. not doing that. She's got puppies. Good to her. Ass. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, the next one is continuing to take a personal inventory means that we form a habit of looking at ourselves, our actions, attitudes, and relationships on a regular basis. And I don't think that needs a lot of explanation. It's just a pretty good definition of what it means. We form a habit of looking at ourselves, our actions, our attitudes, and relationships on a regular basis. And I, I think that's what it gets to later, too. It talks about the differences between some of these. Like, sometimes we feel different than we're living, and sometimes we're living different than we're thinking, and all these things are different. Like, the whole time that thing with my mother happened, I was not thrilled in my head, right? I'm like, this is fucking annoying. But it didn't matter because that's not what I lived. And, it, like, none of that's relevant. It was all just garbage that was going through my mind. Right. And when you go home and lay down tonight in bed, you can feel good about the person you were versus feeling like shit. Now I have someone else to add to a list. <laughs> right. Now I got to take her cards out of there. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, the next one is, we are creatures of habit and are vulnerable to our old ways of thinking and reacting. At times, it seems easier to continue in the old rut of self-destruction than to attempt a new and seemingly dangerous route. And, and I think this is what I was talking about earlier when I say, like, we revert back to that unconscious state, right? That state we were we were brought up in. I was just reading about it in uh, for a social work class this week. It's Bowen Family Systems Therapy or Bowen Family Systems Theory, where he talks about like these attachments that we get in childhood and we live these adult lives and we're like, that has nothing to do with my parents, right? I, I, I'm grown up. I'm out of their house. My, my relationships since my adulthood have nothing to do with them. And if we really look at it almost all the time, it's directly related to exactly what happened in our house and, and what we were lacking or getting too much of or, or these maladaptive attachment patterns that we have. Yeah. And, you know, for me, a lot of that stuff is like I react to life a lot of times just on instinct, on feeling and gut reaction. Right. And what I've learned is that doesn't serve me very well. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. You know, shocker. Like, that's my problem with addiction. Like, ah, fuck it. I want to go get high. So I'm just going to go get high and I'll figure it out later, you know? Yeah. And I'll tend to live a lot of life like that. Like, well, this is how I feel in the moment. So this is just how I'm going to act and I'll figure the rest out later. There was yeah. an old Simpsons episode where like Chief Quimby or whatever. Is it Chief Quimby? I don't know. Whatever. The police chief was like riding around eating a donut in his underwear in the police car. And it was like, if you feel good, do it. <laughs> like, that's how I live my life. It didn't work too well. Right. Um, so part of it, this is a part of the questions in the basic text. It says, do we feel trapped? Are we setting ourselves up for trouble? Are we too hungry, angry, lonely, or tired? That's halt. Um, are we taking ourselves too seriously? Are we judging our insides by the outside appearances of others? Do we suffer from some physical problem? And so two interesting points I thought in there, they point out the halt, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Like generally, those are things we got to look out for because when we become too hungry, too angry, too lonely, or too tired, those are like warning signs it's like alarm bells it's like a smoke alarm for your you know the disease of addiction it's like you are not going to act right if you are feeling these things and i can say for me at least if i'm too tired too lonely or too hungry 
I'm already too angry too, right? Because yeah, I'm right. instantly angry by that. So <laughs> I rarely feel one of those at a time. It's usually at least two. Yeah, and I, I mean, just that I've learned, you know, just at my job, for example, like I get busy and, you know, it'll be around lunchtime and I don't eat. And then by like 1231 o'clock, like just anything anyone says is pissing me off. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. All this is is that you're hungry. Why don't you take a break, go get something to eat, readjust your head and stop, you know, taking it out on everybody else. Like, and that's a result of recovery, like learning to take that inventory and look at, you know. It's not just like I'm angry, so I'm allowed to be angry and treat anybody like I want. It's, you know, well, I'm angry. Why is that? Why why do I feel this way? You know? And, right. When talking to my buddy Jack, he, he made sure to mention that, like, there's nothing wrong with feeling hungry or angry or lonely or tired. It's when we get too much of these feelings, right? We, we kind of delve out into left field and we start thinking we can use that to justify any of our actions. At least that's how I get. I, I can start thinking... I'm so angry that anything I do right now will be justifiable because of the way I feel inside. And that's just not the case. And so it's not that it's like a problem to feel these emotions or, or these feelings. It's just we need to address them as we start feeling them so that they don't get out of proportion. Right. Uh, the other part of this that I really liked is, are we judging our insides by the outside appearances of others? And this is one of those I don't hear said too much anymore, but I, I think this is good for every person on earth and, and if you're living on mars there too right like i tend to look at people's outsides right the way they look to me the little bit of their life that i know about and i judge my thoughts and feelings by that and so and and, and this you know social networking has only confounded this you know and compounded it like a, a billion times right? right it's made it that much more unclear because i see these pictures and these people are going to disney world with their kids and their super mom and they're you know the the dad like plays catch with his son every night and and like everything's perfect and i'm like fuck i don't even want to play catch with my son that little bastard <laughs> right. gets on my nerves right like he talks me to fucking death and i'm like there's something wrong with me and so that's what happens. I can see people at a, at a meeting or at the mall or whatever. And I'm like, oh, they're, they seem so happy, right? I don't know what the fuck they're thinking. They might be miserable, right? And, and, and I just don't realize that people think the same about me. They're like, oh, man, you've got your life all together. And I'm like, I don't fucking feel like it. Right. And so I can't judge the way I'm feeling internally or my internal thinking by what I see. Yeah. Yeah, that's trouble. I mean, I definitely think we can fall into that. I would like to say I, I've I don't do that as much. I used to do that a lot more. Currently, I, I try to just balance like how I feel off of how I'm living myself. You know, right? So I try to stay there. That's a good lane for me to be in. <laughs> it was it was easier for me when I was doing more talking about it because when I talk about me. Like in my internal insecurities and, and shortcomings and all that, other people generally are receptive and, and they, you know, join the conversation and share about themselves as well. And I feel like without the in-person meetings, there's been less of that. And then, I mean, when I was in my internship, of course, you know, I'm, I'm providing therapy for people. And so it's like, I'm hearing normal people all the time. And I'm like, oh, good. Thank God I'm normal too. Right. <laughs> but now without that, I, I actually found myself doing this today. I was having a conversation and I'm... You know, I said something about how I'm, I'm kind of selfish in this area. 
And the response was, I, I think it's pretty human to be that way. And I'm like, fuck, it is. How did I miss that? <laughs> I was like beating myself up over being a, a selfish guy. And I'm like, I guess that is pretty human to feel that way. I don't yeah. really live that way. So that's all right. Yeah. And I think is, I mean, all of our feelings, I think, as, you know, whether we're addicts or not, are, are normal human feelings. I think just as addicts, it's the self-centered part that gets us you know, into trouble. It's the fact that like when I'm sad, like no one's ever been this sad, right. you know, or if I'm angry, like no one's ever been this angry or wronged, you know, yeah, how uh, dare they to me, you know, and it feels so intense. Nobody knows. <laughs> right. uh, next one is the 10th step can be a pressure relief valve. We work this step while the day's ups and downs are still fresh in our minds. We list what we have done and try not to rationalize our actions. This may be done in writing at the end of the day. See, it says, well, it says maybe, but that's a strong suggestion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the first thing we do is stop. Then we take the time to allow ourselves the privilege of thinking. And I, and I like that. I like that it says we don't rationalize our actions because that's the first thing I do when I run through a list of anything I've done. I'm like, <laughs> well, I did that because they were a dick to me, right? Um, and I like that it says we need to stop and take the time to give ourselves the privilege of thinking we need to be here we need to be looking at it for what it is nothing huh yeah no i was just thinking about the the writing out that 10 step and like man doing that every day would be a lot yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. and if if i should do it so i got caught in my own head because i remembered hearing a lady share in a meeting that she had done that for she says for years she has notebooks of wow. 10 step written down would you keep stuff it? i thought you would burn it i can't do anything every day i'm terrible mm. with that stuff yeah i don't know well, of course I, I say i can't i've gotten good at it the last couple years i just i guess so. people journal every day so yeah. that's similar I, it seems like it would be easier journaling maybe if i just glanced at the questions and kind of like answered some of them that seemed pertinent as i journaled I, I just can't imagine just sitting down and writing like answers to questions every day that seems meh yeah know. it's not very interesting well, and I, I mean, of course it was me. So I like the way I did it, <laughs> just answering the questions like and trying to keep it fairly simple. And I think, you know, what it talked about in there is what I tried to do is like I tried not to like rationalize and justify and, and make a bunch of excuses for why I was or wasn't doing certain things. I just tried to answer the questions honestly. I'm going to write it like, dear diary, I saw a cute boy today. <laughs> I said hi. No, um. Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess it would be helpful. Maybe I, I do like video journals every so often, but they're not really with this purpose in mind. So I don't think I can count them, even though I'd love to count mm -hmm. anything as getting credit. Uh, it's more for like, it's kind of kind of morbid. Before I die, so my kids will have like little check ins from their life, like hey, yeah, I know that's a little weird, but I don't know. Something I thought about doing, so I've been doing it. Um. Oh, we often find that we've been doing better than we've been feeling. This is crucial. It's one of my favorite parts because it's it's that realization, right? So, and maybe for an earthling, this might be a little different, I guess. But for a guy like me, I'll walk into a meeting and I'm, I'm sharing, you know, uh, man, life has been really hard lately. Uh, I'm struggling, you know, maybe I even thought about using and it's just, it's getting hard, right? And then somebody will point out, well, okay, that's rough, but you just called your sponsor on the way to the meeting to share honestly about that. You just came to a meeting 
you just shared openly and honestly in the meeting that that's not what you want to do and that you have been having those thoughts like you're getting rid of the secret that could eat you up and fester until you do it it's like you you picked up your step two days ago and we're writing answers to it you prayed this morning it's like all these things that i've done are great right like i'm living all the exact right things you would want somebody to do i just don't the feelings haven't caught up yet they don't match up yet yeah and i i mean that's where i i think the normal people feeling stuff you know comes in it's like regular people wake up some days and just feel blah or don't feel good or you know maybe have bad days like that's not unique to us <laughs> right and i think you know that again when we're caught up in the self-centeredness it, it's so hard to see outside of ourselves we think that we're the only ones that we're the only thing that feels the way we feel suffers the way we suffer you know <laughs> Do you think that, that, that the earthlings, do you think like, so they might have a feeling, but they're able to just step back and say, eh, it's a feeling like all I'm going to do is get up and go to work today. I know I don't feel like it. I know I'm in kind of a bad mood. I'll try maybe not to talk to as many people. So I'm not rude. Cause I know I have an attitude. I only got two hours of sleep. Do they just do that naturally? Like, cause I just start thinking my world's falling apart if I'm feeling off, right? Like I don't realize that I'm still living. Okay. I just, well, I was going to say exactly that. Yes. Or at least the, I work with a few earth people that aren't addicts and they'll all have that. Yeah. I didn't sleep well last night. I'm feeling awful bitchy today. You know, mm. they'll say stuff like that, you know, and that's just normal. And they just recognize like, okay, today's not going to be a great day. I'll get through it. Tomorrow will be better. <laughs> right. For me, it's like I got to give myself a whole freaking pep talk to get through all that shit. <laughs> yeah, it's I and that's so and I don't think we're too far off from Earth people. I, I honestly really don't. I, I know we have this debate frequently about like how different we are, and I really don't think we are that different. But I I will say it does seem like we have these really strong feelings about our feelings. Right. It's not enough to just feel something in the first place. Then we like judge and qualify that beyond that. And I I'm not saying earth people don't do that. I think it really is a mental health thing. And I, and I know some people who have never, ever gotten into drugs that still have those kind of judgmental thoughts of themselves. Um, so maybe it's like just a, a level of, you know, how much people do it or not. I don't I don't know. It's really interesting, though, that we can we can't just have a feeling and accept it. It's like having a feeling and then judging and having another feeling about the feeling and then getting mad that I'm judging the feeling. And it's like, what the, when the fuck does that end? Yeah. And I mean, there's something to addiction where like, I think everything's supposed to feel good all the time. Yes. You know, I think everything's supposed to feel good. It's supposed to be good. I'm supposed to be happy. And if that's not going on, then something is fucking wrong, yes. you know, and something's got to be fixed. <laughs> like, you mean that's not correct? <laughs> <laughs> so, interestingly enough, here's the next quote. We need this step even when we're feeling good and when things are going well. Good feelings are new to us, and we need to nurture them. In times of trouble, we can try the things that worked during the good times. The good times can also be a trap. The danger is that we may forget that our first priority is to stay clean. For us... Recovery is more than just pleasure. I've missed that line the 14 <laughs> times I've read this. I still think recovery is supposed to feel good, damn it, all the time. Yeah. And it's not. It's it's about doing these things regularly, right? It's about praying and meditating on a daily basis. It's about taking a 10-step inventory. 
It's about showing up in a in a twelve step act of service, even when I don't feel like it, as long as the, nothing else in my life is in the way of it. It's this vigilance to do these steps. Recovery is not feeling good all the fucking time. Recovery is the vigilance to do these things over and over again, because ultimately, if you look at the graph on a whole, I feel a lot better normally, right? Maybe that doesn't all take place on, you know, Wednesday, the 30th of September. Maybe that's the day I feel like shit, but in general, most of my days are better because I've put in this vigilant action regularly. And I'm not criticizing or judging any of you right now. So if you're taking this personal, I'm truly <laughs> sorry that maybe you should look at that. But I, I mean, I don't live this vigilant perfectly all the time for sure. And I pay the price for it and I feel it when I do. Yeah. And it's, it's again, difficult to do any of this, like consistently every day, all the time. It just, it takes a lot of, uh, discipline. You know, and if you notice in there, it says, you know, we got to watch out in the good times and we got to watch out in the bad times and we got to watch out in all the times in between. <laughs> and it just reminded me like one of my favorite sayings, I think it's in the second tradition in the N.A. Uh, basic text. It says we are mismanagers and not one of us is consistently capable of making good decisions, mm. you know, and it's talking about, you know, trusting in a group conscience and a, and a power greater than ourselves. And, you know. I am part of that. We are mismanagers and not capable of consistently making good decisions. You know, I am not capable of consistently making good decisions in my own life. Right. You know, I'm not, I don't necessarily get better at it because I'm doing better and I don't get better at it because I'm doing worse. You know, like doesn't seem to matter at any time that self-centered piece just creeps right back in there and I will make some bad choices. It's a, I, I, I'm glad they point this out. I don't know that it ever helped me any. I don't know that I got to like a good time or a good feeling in my life. And I was like, oh yeah, I got to do that 10th step because they reminded me of that. Like <laughs> I probably still forgot all about it, but I, I do think it's hugely important. It's, and, it, and it's very strange that for whatever reason, when life goes well, I tend to just run with it and it feels good and I don't have to do anything right now. It's like, oh, man, it's all, I don't need to work on anything. It's going great. Like I work on shit when it's broken. Right? Yeah. I don't. And I don't know why that is, but there's definitely times when things are going well and I feel good that I'm actually like, you know, it's like going 120 miles an hour into the brick wall. Like it's coming, right? That brick wall's coming. I'm going to hit it. And I know that. And I just sometimes can't stop myself. Yeah. And I guess the, at least the way I would explain this would be like dieting. Let's take dieting, for example. If you just get on a diet and eat pretty decent, you know, for a lot of days, you don't have to go on some big giant crash course diet when you've gotten 70 pounds overweight and now you're in like heart disease mode. You know what I mean? And this, for for the way that I apply to my life is like the, the daily maintenance part. Like, hey, you know, what kind of food am I putting in my body now? What kind of... What kind of nourishment am I giving to myself on a regular basis? And if I'm not paying attention before I know it, you know, I'm in a really unhealthy place. And there you go. Hopefully you didn't turn this podcast off before that because that right there is the shot. You're going to work steps. <laughs> steps one through nine are cutting all that shitty food out of your life drastically yeah. and, and drastically lowering your calorie intake. Crash right? diet. And then when you get to 10, 
you don't just start loading up on fucking ice cream again, right? <laughs> you you got to eat some fruit, some vegetables, some nuts. You got to take in the right stuff on a daily basis so that you don't go have to go back to that, you know, I'm only going to eat lettuce for a week diet because that sucked ass. <laughs> uh, and then you get into 11 and 12 where it convinces you that vegetables and healthy nuts and fruits are all that you should be eating because that's good for you. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Wow. Don't ever eat ice cream. In fact, 11 tells you that you won't even want to eat ice cream. Right. <laughs> of course I do. Wait, right. Hot fudge. Uh, so that kind of ties into this one. The more we work this step, the less we will need the corrective part of this step. This step is a great tool for avoiding grief before we bring it on ourselves. We monitor our feelings, emotions, fantasies, and actions. By constantly looking at ourselves, we are able to avoid repeating the actions that make us feel bad. I think that's just crucial, right? I, I don't have to continue doing things that don't make me feel good. And that's kind of, I mean, to, you know, if we want to stick with the diet thing, like I generally have felt good in times when I've eaten healthier and, and whether I needed to lose a little weight or just eating healthier, even like my, my mental health symptoms felt better. And, and I don't know, maybe I make all that shit up, but it, it really felt that way when I was in it. I was like, God, I'm not, I'm not half as anxious about like what I normally feel anxious about, which is everything. This is nice. And so if we just keep the reactions going, right, if we can keep tabs on what we're doing and say, oh, I, look, it, when I got here, here's the main thing. When I got here, I would just feel like shit at the end of my day. And I wasn't really sure what part of my day caused that. Right. <laughs> right. Like, uh, was it when I talked bad to my mother? Was it when I was rude to my friend? Was it when somebody stopped by to show me their new car and I didn't give a fuck and I rushed them off? Like, I couldn't even tell you, but now it's the ability to kind of see each situation one at a time and say, ah, oh, okay. Yeah. When I, when I do that, when I'm, when I'm not listening to my son, cause I'm trying to read a, f a news article on my phone and, and he's just yapping the fuck away about Roblox. And I'm like, I don't <laughs> give a fuck. Right. Like right. I don't feel good after I do that. Right. I do feel good after I take the time to like set my phone down and I'm like, Hey buddy, you know, let's talk about that for a few minutes. And then I leave and go read the article on my phone somewhere else where he won't distract right. me. But it, it's knowing which ones do which for me so that I can do the ones that feel good more often. Yeah. Or recognizing too, that sometimes it's not the things going on in our life that make us feel, you know, necessarily good or bad. It's like, we just like some days I wake up and I just don't feel great. And mm. my, uh, intuition is, oh, I don't feel good, so I got to do something or fix something or get something to make me feel better. Right. And sometimes just recognizing, nope, I'm just having a, a day and this will pass and I don't need to go buy something new or, you know, eat a bunch of bad food or do some stupid thing <laughs> to make me feel better. You know, I, I can just sit with it and feel it. Yeah. And damn feelings <laughs> supposed to be felt. I hate that. Uh, so, and then the, the last one I had was we need to remember that everyone makes mistakes. We will never be perfect. However, we can accept ourselves by using step 10 by continuing a personal inventory. We are set free in the here and now from ourselves and the past. We no longer justify our existence. This step allows us to be ourselves. And I thought that was a nice closing for it. I mean, that's, what, what I've heard, at least in meetings, you know, the ultimate goal of recovery is to figure out who you are and do it on purpose. 
And it's like, that's when I heard that the first time I was like, you don't fucking want me to be myself. Trust me. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's a terrible idea. Um, but that is mostly my goal today. I I still, ah, there's still a part of me that doesn't like parts of me and doesn't want to accept them and, and work on them. Right. It's like, I just keep wanting to pretend that isn't real, right? If I just ignore it long enough and, and look the other way, it'll go away or something. But most of me I like. Like, there's a lot of parts of me I do like. I, I mean, I would have never come out and done a podcast before in my life. I'd have been like, oh, hell no. People will judge me and I'm terrible. <laughs> and it's, Now it's like, ah, fuck it. This is what I got, right? Either people listen or they don't. And that's, you know, the point of of the inventories we do, you know, before this back in four and then getting into six and seven and realizing like, what are defects and what things do I need to cut out of my life? And then what things are good in my life that are worth hanging on to or, or nurturing and, and developing in myself. You know, we, we figure those things out through the inventory process through six and seven. And then we get to this point, uh, I think especially in long-term recovery, like my, goals and aspirations and things I like to do have changed over the 20 years Mm. that I've been clean, you know? So now I can take an inventory and say, well, what things do I like to do today? You know, it's not the same things that I like to do before. It's different now. And I can look at that a little bit, take ownership of it. Right. Right. So, uh, just a couple of things, ideas, my buddy Jack had, he, he said prompt meetings. We don't, we don't want to let too many unaddressed wrongdoings, uh, accumulate. He talks about the principle seems to be integrity, basically, uh, do the right thing, even if no one's looking, cause we're the ones that feel the toll of that at the end of the day, like we talked about. Um, and so I wanted to take this back to, you talked about in six, like, or six and seven, I guess that like, I have this shitty furniture in my house, right? And and I can't do anything about it until I seek something bigger than me, right? Until I ask a friend to come over and help me move it or help me restore it or I go and buy new furniture, like whatever it takes, that shitty furniture is there until I work six and seven, right? And so now we have this nice furniture in our house and in 10, like we got to do the upkeep, right? I got to dust when the dust accrues. (laughs) I got to... Uh, get the wet vac out when I spill the fucking iced tea on the floor in the carpet, right? Or, or, or the couch cushion. And I got to do this upkeep because in 11, I'm going to ask this higher power to come stay with me in my house, right? Hmm. I'm going to invite him in and I want the house to look in order. And that's the point of 10 is so that we can keep this house in order, right? So I, I liked your analogy in six. I was yeah. like, I got to find a way to bring that back in. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, it's pretty good. Well, and we talked about, you know, last week a little bit um for me like i don't as much formally work the 11 step out of the ip nowadays and i think a big part of that is meditation um Mm. and meditation helps me um it was and i hate to say it was in the last thing that you read before the final closing of the 10 step you know that one saying in there where it talks about when i'm sort of living in the here and now living in the present taking like active awareness into how i'm treating people what i'm doing with my life what's going on in the here and now you know i'm 
less likely to need to go back and make amends. You know, right. I'm, I'm less likely to get myself into trouble when I'm actively paying attention to what's going on in my everyday life. And for me, meditating helps me to do that. You know, when I'm actively practicing meditation on a regular basis, I'm way more aware of what's going on around me, what I'm doing, how I'm acting. Yeah, and I think it goes back to one of those other quotes that was in there about stop. Like the first thing to do is stop <laughs> and allow yourself the privilege of thinking. I, I, den I definitely feel that I can go through so many days and weeks and sometimes months and not ever stop to think of anything. Honestly, like right. it's just like, oh, God, I got to do this tomorrow. And then I'm trying to schedule well, what am I going to eat for dinner this week? I got to get that from the grocery store. And there's so many random things to think about one after the other. I don't stop and think about that if I'm not taking the time to actively meditate, if I'm not taking the time to actively answer step 10 questions like that's I don't stop. There's no stopping. Where, where, what do you mean? Stop. There's no off button. Let's keep going. There's more right. to do. Right. <laughs> I mean, we talk about this all the time. There's there's only 24 hours in a day and I got to get more done. And most people are only getting six hours sleep at this point. And nah, man, we got it. There's, I remember talking to a guy, David, uh, in fact, and he said that it was funny. I, I mentioned something about it's hard to have time to meditate. And he's like a lifelong meditator or whatever. And he was like, it's interesting how when I take that time in the morning to meditate, I always seem to have more time afterwards. And I'm like, yeah. ah, fuck you and you're Buddhist shit. God yeah, that must be a true, Buddhist though. thing because I my previous sponsor told me a similar, very, very similar thing. So I think it's true. I, I just hate it when I'm not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm mad that somebody else was capable of it. I'm like, I know. But yeah, when we when we slow down, everything else doesn't feel so rushed. And so I think that's the the goal of that. I don't know, man. I, I think that's a, a I think we've done a thorough tenth step here today, <laughs> Billy. I, I don't know any more that I could say about it. Oh, now it's motivating me to be like, I should just take my IP back out and start reading it every day. Yeah, I'm not there. I just got to meditate. <laughs> really. No, I, I do. I think, I mean, I think a good meditation practice really, not that this can, I don't know. Maybe I'm just trying to be cheap. I'm trying to say they can be done at the same time. Maybe they can't. Oh, no, not know. for me. They're two completely <laughs> different things. The goal of meditation for me is to just sit with awareness and right. not think or focus or or be directed towards anything i'm like if i'm sitting with awareness i'm gonna notice if anything comes up when i'm acting wrong like it's just gonna arise well that's just I'll thinking you know, you're just thinking. i know i'm just full of shit I'm trying to be lazy <laughs> that's all it is so uh anyway that's what we got this week that was the 10th step feel free to uh email or twitter or or anywhere else we are with instagram facebook reach out tell us about your 10 step wisdom or experience or, or anything you'd like to share with us or if you have ideas for topics uh definitely reach out and somebody somebody go on the damn anchor site and and leave a voice message for us to play on a recording because i don't know how to do that and it sounds interesting um and beyond that i think we're looking to talk about Oh, we're going to talk to somebody about ACA next week. So that should be fun. So uh, stay safe out there and we'll see you next week. If you enjoyed this podcast, please feel free to share it with people you think might benefit from the conversation. Look us up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to join the conversation also and share your ideas with us. We'd love to hear it.